folks that uh, stream our services. I had the opportunity all the way in Florida uh, because of the time difference to hear the message last week. And boy, what a great message from uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and laying aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us and running the race. And I appreciate Brother Nathaniel coming and preaching and I hope you enjoyed uh, hearing him. And he's just launching out into uh, ministry as an evangelist. And his heartbeat is to go to churches that are small and cannot normally afford to have an evangelist come into their church and hold revival services. And so he's trying to raise support like a missionary would and so that he could come into a church and offer a week of revival services without it being a burden to that church. And so pray for him and his family, if you will. He's just getting started out, and I told him we'd be praying for him. And I sure appreciated him being here last week and helping us with uh, the Wednesday night service. And Brother Keith and Brother Ron and Miss Sandy uh, helping out with the nursing home last week. And certainly a joy to have folks that can uh, fill those roles. Let's take our uh, books. I did something two weeks ago that uh, I know better than to do as a pastor, and, I, and I'm going to... Uh, we're going to go back to page 188 in our books, if you will. Um, I, was, I was preaching years ago as a young preacher, and um, I rushed through the last par- portion of the service to get through the notes, and I had a visiting missionary friend that was there with uh, in the service that night. He's a dear friend of mine, Brother Bob Green, and uh, he made a comment to me. He said, as a pastor, you don't ever have to rush uh, through the notes, you can always come back the next week and hit them. And knowing that I was going to be out of town last Wednesday, I, two weeks ago, I rushed through the last half of our notes on the local church. And I want us to go back, if you don't mind tonight, and revisit the last half of those notes because a lot of what this teaches, I believe, is very vital for uh, us to know from God's Word. And so we're going to take time to uh, give it uh, diligence tonight and uh, take time to go through it. So if you will... Bear with us on page 188. The church is vital. And by the way, uh, when we talk about the church, uh, the majority of the time we are speaking of the local church, this body of believers that God has put together. And aren't you glad he put us together? I I asked asked my dad years ago. uh, We lived in a town where there was a church almost on every corner that was a Bible-preaching church and was doctrinally sound. We might have practiced things a little differently but as far as the doctrine was concerned and salvation was concerned and the deity of Christ and the virgin birth and all of those things of the doctrine of the faith, uh, they were solid, solid churches. And I asked him one time, I said, why is it that God brings so many people to one area to start so many churches? The city just about 20 miles to the north of us and 20 miles to the south of us, in both of those cities there was not one Bible-preaching church in either one of those cities, and yet in our town we had about 20. And it seemed like everybody that, that got out of Bible college that was going to plant a church in Florida wanted to come to Fort Pierce and started in Fort Pierce. And we would always help them out as best we could, but we always asked them, said, are you sure you don't want to go to Vero or Stewart? There's such a need in these towns uh, for a church to be there. And uh, it seemed like God always led them there. And, and I found this out over the years. I asked my dad one time, I said, Lord, I said, Dad, why is it that the Lord... Uh, brings more than one church to one area that are Bible-preaching churches. And we talked about that for a while, and I don't know if we can find a scriptural reason for it other than to say that God's ways are not like our ways. 
Uh, if we think of how we would do it, we would probably do it differently. But God's ways are certainly far above our ways. And in His infinite wisdom, which is way beyond anything we can re- uh, reason in our own hearts and minds, He put those churches there. And I began to realize over years of this, of watching it and being friends with some of these other churches and pastors, that there were people in the churches that were not ours that would never come to our church for whatever reason, perhaps a personality conflict or some other uh, reason. Maybe they didn't like the music, the style of music or the style of worship that we had. Uh, And so they had different reasons why they would not come to our church. And God knew, I think, that there was going to have to be some church out there that they would feel comfortable to be a part of their family, their church family. And they would feel at home there. And they could worship together there, and they could be of one heart. And the Bible speaks of it in, in the church, in the letters that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth about being of one heart and of one accord and not to have divisions in the church. And I began to think about that as I thought about all the different churches. And the, the truth of the matter is our county was so large that uh, we could have had another 20 or 40 or 50 churches like that and still not done all the work that needed to be done in that county. And I get tired sometimes of watching churches get jealous one of another. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, you know, we have two or three good churches here in this area. And the truth of the matter is, between all of them that preached the gospel last Sunday, we weren't reaching 1% of our county. So the truth of the matter is, God could easily put another 100 churches like ours in this area to accomplish His work, couldn't He? And still not step on each other's toes. But why is it sometimes that God puts multiple churches that are Bible-preaching churches in different areas? And I think it comes down to this, that the Bible teaches that He fitly frames the local church. He, He joins together a body of believers that can be a family, a church family. And in many cases, our church families are as close or sometimes even closer than some of our own personal blood family. And it's interesting how God does this. We're going to look at some things in this lesson. We get to the next lesson. We're going to see it even a little bit more clearly that God has a specific role for every person that he brings into every local church. There's a reason for everyone that he brings there. That's why it's so important when people come and visit uh, our church or when uh, uh, somebody's looking for a church that we pray for God's will in the matter not just say, hey, you ought to be our church, you know, our church is the best, and I think we, you know, we ought to feel that way about our church, but uh, that's not a good enough reason that we think our church is the best for people to come and join our church. They need to come because that's where God's led them to go, because He has a place for them, the piece of the puzzle that only they can fill in that church. And so it's very important. I, I think we ought to encourage folks to come and visit and pray about our church. But in the end of the day, they need to know that this is where God wants them to be so that they can fit into the church the way that God intends. So the church is very, very vital in the Christian life. We said this before last a couple weeks ago, that God loved the church, the Bible says, and gave himself for it. How much of himself did he give? All of himself. And a husband is to love his wife the way that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, isn't he? Which means the husband is to love the wife with everything he's got. Not 50%, 50%, it's 100%. Give him everything you got. That's what Christ did for the church. And as a Christian, if we love Christ the way that we like to say that we love Christ, 
Why is it that we do not love the things that he loves? If he loves the church so much that he gave all of himself for it, why do we not love the church? And so we understand that the church plays a vital role in the Christian's life. I found as we grow to love somebody, we tend to love the things that they love. And when we grow to love the Lord more each day, we tend to love the things that he loves a little bit more, don't we? He loves the church. Is it possible to worship outside the church on a Sunday? Oh, sure. You can go out in the woods any day of the week and worship God, can't you? But some people say, I, can just, I don't need to go to church. I can go worship out in the woods. But, and I agree with that. They can worship in the woods. But why would you disregard the thing that God, who you're getting ready to worship, loves with all of his heart? Why would you push it to the back burner and say, I, you know, at that church, you know, Sunday morning's okay, but Sunday night, really? And Wednesday night, really? I mean, church activities on top of that, other things they do? The local church is vital. It's important to the Christian life. We find in page 188, the church is not simply an add-on to the Christian life. It is an essential part of Christian growth. It is essential in God's plan for holding truth and reaching the world with the gospel. The local church is what God has instituted to accomplish His work in this world. So we find it is the guardian of truth, first of all. If the church will not stand and hold for the truth, then who will? Look with me in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 15. It's written in your books there. The Bible says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the group of people that meet there. Is that what it says? It's the church of what? Who is it? The church of one of many gods? Some Bibles say that, don't they? Is the church of what? The living God, one and only. This is His church. It's what He loves. The pillar and ground of the truth. How many of you on your way to church tonight came up Frontier Road from this direction down here? Did you all see the new house you're building down here? They just put in the forms today. They were down there today, or yesterday and today, putting in the forms for the basement. Did you all see that? Really nice. They did good work down there too. They've spent days preparing the gravel and all the foundation that this, this base, these basement walls are going to be sitting on. And then they put the forms in. I suspect probably tomorrow or Friday, maybe Saturday, they'll bring in the pump truck and they'll start pumping the concrete into the basement and having done all of that and allowed all the foundation and the, and the, uh, the uh, basement walls to cure and settle and have their time of be, being structurally sound, then they will begin to build a house on top of all of that. Now what would happen if they came down there sometime this week after all this rain we had and they didn't put any gravel in, they didn't check the ground, and they just started setting forms up on the ground? What do you think would happen? It would fall apart, isn't it? Because there's no ground. There's no pillar to it. There's no foundation there. And then the, the pillar sitting on that foundation that everything else is, is resting upon. The, the, the illustration given in Scripture here is that the church 
this church of the living God is the pillar and the ground, the, the foundational structure of the truth. And if the pillar and the ground fail, what happens to truth? The Bible calls it, says it this way, it's fallen in the streets. And so is the local church important? Is it important that the local church be a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church? Is it imperative that a local church be true to this book even if we don't like necessarily all of what it says? The truth of the matter is our human nature doesn't like some of it, does it? There's some things it tells me about myself that I look at and I cringe and I think, boy, that's hard to swallow. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of James for a moment. The book of James, right after the book of Hebrews. Look with me, if you will, in verse number, let's, let's start in verse number 22. James chapter 1 and verse number 22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer... He is like unto a man, and I want you to notice this, beholding his natural face, this, this face that you and I have, not, not spiritually speaking here, his natural face, it's like a man who will behold his natural face in a glass. This is speaking here of a mirror. For he beholdeth himself, notice he sees himself in this glass, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, that's this book right here, and continueth therein, he being a, uh, let's see, uh, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So what's the Bible saying to us here? When we come to God's word, it shows us what manner of person we are, doesn't it? It reflects back our image and it compares it to God's holiness, does it not? And when we compare ourselves to God's holiness, it's hard for us to think higher of ourselves than we ought to think. And when we compare ourselves to God's holiness, it's kind of hard for pride to kind of start getting in the way. Saying, boy, look at what kind of a Christian I am. I'm this, boy, I'll tell you, that, 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 and I'm not like brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. Boy, look at what they're, look at, I don't do that kind of stuff. I don't run, smoke, and chew and run with those that do. I, I'm, I am a separated, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, hillfire and brimstone preaching Baptist. And I mean, I pride myself in what I am not. It's not what God has in mind, is it? God has in mind for each of us individually to come to His Word and look in it and see what manner of person we are. And I'm going to tell you something. You can't do it without there being conviction. There will be conviction because we don't measure to God's standard, do we? And we'll start looking at our life and we will have to do one of two things. We will either have to reject the truth of this book. You say, Brother Greg, I'm a Christian. I don't think I would ever reject the truth of God's book. Well, oh, we do. All of us do every day. 
We either will reject the truth of this book and continue living the way that we know is contrary to the Word of God, or we will come to it and throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus and yield our will to His and say, Lord, You have all of me. And if that's what you want, then my answer is yes. And if it costs me some things that I'm doing now in my life, then it will just have to cost me. And yet how often in just a day's time, 24-hour period, do you and I, knowing what the Word of God says, about envies, bitterness, backbiting, not being long-suffering, being vengeful, covetous, proud, boasters. How often do we say, I know the Bible says this, but... How often do we do that? You say, Brother Greg, why is that important? Because we make up the local church. And the local church, watch me, watch me, don't lose this. The local church is what this truth is resting on. And if we cannot trust this book, the pillar begins to crumble. The foundation begins to crumble. And the truth is falling in the streets. Is it important that you and I individually hold to this book? It is. What if it tells us something that culturally, I mean, Brother Greg, everybody, it's just accepted. I mean, it's just accepted in society. I mean, that's the Bible's a little out of touch there. If the Bible disagrees with society, which one's wrong? Society. Even if society says that it's okay, it's okay to get drunk anytime you want. It's your right, your privilege. Government doesn't have a law about it. It must be okay. It's okay to go out here and take the Lord's name in vain and blaspheme Him. And you say, Brother Greg, how, how often do I... You'd be surprised how many Christians I hear take the Lord's name in vain, and they don't even realize they do it because they've gotten so used to the world. Folks, we're the pillar in the ground of the truth. The local church is what is holding up this book. And if the foundations be destroyed, the Bible says, what can the righteous do? Is the local church important? It's very important. It's the pillar in the ground. It's the foundation of truth. Christians are to contend for the faith, Jude 3. As things come along that try to erode our doctrine and our principles. You say, where do we get our doctrine and our principles? From the Pope? Is that where we get them? Do we get them from some denominational, organizational hierarchy, headquarters? Where do we get them? From the Bible. That's the pillar and ground. We're the pillar and ground of the truth, so we get it from the Bible. So what are we to contend for? If somebody says that the Bible says this, 
but we're going to start eroding and chipping away at the truth of God's Word. What are we to do for it? Sit back and watch? No, no. We're to contend for it. What does it mean to contend? Those of you that know boxing, what's a contender? Somebody's going to defend, right? He's going to defend the title. He's going to make sure that he does everything in his power to protect the integrity of that title. And so we find that in Jude 3, Beloved, when I give all diligence to write to you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. What if we're teaching things today because of tradition that are not found in Scripture. We're going to have a problem, aren't we, at some point? We're going to have to come back, folks, and I mean this, and I want to ask you this carefully tonight because we're actually making a commitment here as a local church. Do we believe this as our only source of faith and practice? And if tradition of people of like mind and like faith, goes against what Scripture teaches, what are we to accept? Bible. Well, Brother Greg, it's never been done that way before. That's not the church I grew up in. There, I, I love heritage. I am not out to change heritage. I think you ought to seek for the old paths, the Bible says, and walk in them, as long as they're in line with God's Word. But if the old paths are not in line with God's Word, you've got to say, I don't care who said it. I don't care who did it. The Bible says this. Amen? It's not popular preaching today, and it's not going to build a crowd. But it's going to build the hearts of men. And God will give an increase. Amen? All right, moving on. It is God's plan to reach the world. Would you agree with that statement? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. God has commanded us to bring the gospel to the entire world. And the local church is the vehicle by which this takes place through personal outreach and worldwide missions. Each of us has a place in the local church. Each of us has a specific role to fill in the local church. And we are not going to make it through the rest of this anyway. (laughs) So guess what? We're going to pick up here next Wednesday night. And forgive me, we're going to spend one more night on it. But folks, I'm serious. This this is important. Miss Kim, I didn't mean to pull you back in, Miss Kim. I didn't even see the time until you got up. I was like, oh, wait a minute. We're going over here. I understand that. No, no, y'all, and and I I didn't mean to make you all feel bad. But we're not going to get through the end of this anyway. Folks, listen. I'm, I'm telling you this, and I'm telling you this uh, from, from the authority of Scripture. The local church is imperative to the defense and the preservation of the truth of God's Word. Now listen, God's Word will always stand forever, because it says it will. But God has chosen to use the local church to be the pillar in the ground and the contender for the faith. It is vital that we do both. 
And if other people say different than what this book says, one of them's got to be wrong. And it's not Scripture. Amen? All right, let's stand together and be dismissed. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you will bless in the week.